So in this fifth episode, we are doing a special bonus episode. Um, it's a new format. We're trying it out. We really hope you enjoy. It's going to be uh, about five minutes shorter than the regular episodes. And we are aware that it's a week late. We just had a lot on our plate and we've got a few really cool episodes planned for you guys and in the making. So here's the fifth episode, a bonus episode. We hope you enjoy. Special episode time. The world influence on Tel Aviv. That's a pretty cool topic. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. So... A bit of a background. Tel Aviv is a very secular uh, city in Israel. It's the cultural beacon of Israel. Uh, the biggest uh, theaters uh, for like plays, acts. Uh, the best nightlife, the best food. Best food, not nightlife. Yeah. Um, there's Tachbura. Um, um, transport on Saturdays and on weekends when the majority of the country is closed. Um, it just feels like you're not in Israel It's when you're there. So it's the peak of the Israeli society. Anything to do... Anything not to do with religion. Uh, it's not a sin city. But, but it's not religious. It's not religious at all. So it's the... You'll find the best non-kosher restaurants in Israel, in Tel Aviv. Mm-hmm. You can get hamburgers with bacon and cheese cheese everywhere I mean I'd even go to length and say that it's harder to find a kosher restaurant in Tel Aviv than a non-kosher restaurant I can agree with that the majority of the restaurants are open on Shabbat which is uh, makes it non-kosher and also until very late at night very late at night Uh, the city is it's not 24-7 but but most of the time it's there's it's a, very very late like yeah. there's, a, there's a very thriving nightlife yeah. scene in Tel Aviv um, and you can pretty much get any service you need even at the small hours of the night so, so there's the AMPM, <laughs> which is a, a like um, a convenience store like a 24-7 convenience store that worked um, literally 24-7 yeah so they, they open on the weekends um, there's a deep down Tiftam sells um, like non-kosher, non-kosher meats, yeah. non-kosher products. Uh, generally, a lot of products it's like from overseas. A, it's like a non. It's a non-kosher uh, grocery store uh, chain. Chain, yeah, it's yeah. a chain of. Uh, and Tel Aviv has a beautiful beach, and it's got all beautiful uh, restaurants. We said that. Twice already. Yes. <laughs> They've got uh, they we I live in Tel Aviv. Yeah. Um, the majority of people who live around Tel Aviv in the metropolitan drive into Tel Aviv or take transport into Tel Aviv daily because a lot of the high tech scene in Israel is in Tel Aviv. The airport is a short drive away. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like the gateway to Israel pretty much. Yeah, and it's the that. cultural Beacon, as we said before, the capital. I guess so I'd say. you could say that the capital of Israel in the municipal uh, 
area would be Jerusalem and the religious area would be Jerusalem but anything to do with culture uh, is probably Tel Aviv yeah absolutely agree so today we speaking about the influences of the world on Tel Aviv uh, it's a very specific episode we thought it'd be nice to you know do a very short topic and a broad topic as we usually do <laughs> and uh, we're gonna start um, the first thing that I noticed when we were thinking of ideas that we wanted to talk about um, was this is specifically I guess American uh, influence I saw a lot of people as a lot of Israeli people coming out and um, and doing the the YouTube world the vlogging world um, there's a specific person that I've seen a lot doing hauls and vlogs and like fashion food her name is Taylor Malkov and I'm not necessarily a fan I won't lie she's also a lot younger than me and caters to a younger audience But I noticed that she has a lot of influence from American bloggers that I follow when it comes to fashion, when it comes to whether it's the way she dresses or even what she eats and how she takes pictures of what she eats and like how she behaves. Just like every aspect of her life, in my opinion, is very heavily American influenced. And I think that a lot of people, a lot of Israelis, I keep saying people, but I mean like we, specifically We know, Israelis. like the audience obviously yeah. understand who we're talking about. Um, so I think a lot of people here in Israel strive for that, that like effortless but chic, that sense of chul yeah. kind of chul life. Chul is uh, outside um, of Israel. Yeah, it's like very either, when you say chul, it's like either super American or super European most uh, of the it's time. It's overseas. Yeah, but I think in this reference, it like it's either those two places. So whether or not she like takes a picture and has like, you know, very noticeable um, like brand name items like Balenciaga shoes and like a Gucci belt, it's a lot of things that I saw first in America. Um, and I just feel like a lot of YouTubers that are Israeli, um, I don't want to say imitate, but take a lot of influence from Americans. Um, so I definitely noticed that. And the music as well, I think yeah. now became very American influenced here. I mean, the Western world generally is very influencing on Israel being an, a Western country. So Israel takes a lot of influences from a lot of places around the world. I think America is the most noticeable. Like the most prominent. Especially in the Tel Aviv area because of the high-tech scene and the people. And as you say, the whole YouTube area or era, not area. Yeah, the um, generation of YouTube and Instagram yeah. and TikTok. TikTok, Instagram, wow. era, um, YouTube. I mean, I have a guy that was with me in the army. His name is uh, Sal Kalizo. He Oh yeah, I saw his videos he's done when I was younger. A lot of videos and he started doing them when we were in the army. And he got very famous, and that's what he does today. He's got a TV show and stuff like that. And just if you guys were wondering, we're not sponsored by anybody. The no. people, the names that we bring up here are 
completely our own opinions and it's completely... I wish we were big enough to be sponsored. <laughs> Maybe one day. We were, weren't we talking about merchandise the other episode? Oh, yeah. That was a few episodes ago. Yeah, I think we got a bit ahead of ourselves. A bit, a bit, yeah. But maybe in the future it's Maybe. Anyways, that's completely our uh, subjective opinions, but there are some really good YouTubers and there's some really good vloggers and there's uh, the guys I told you, Metailin Baritz, which are travelers yeah. in Israel. They do some really, really awesome contact. We can content. link their uh, their channel we in can, our bio. We can put it in, yeah, we'll put it on Facebook, we'll put it on YouTube. On all our uh, social medias. Yeah. And uh, it's, like, interesting to see how the the American vlogging kind of uh, like style. experience and style. Uh, Casey Neist, what's his, uh, you know... You don't know him. He's a really famous Who? American uh, vlogger. Who is this? Casey. Um, I'll show you later. Okay. Yeah. I didn't think about it overhead. Anyway, so he's really, really famous. And like the first person I saw to get really famous for vlogging is him. And he's like the most American figure that I could ever imagine besides Trump, which is just yeah. all America. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean like... In no way am I, like, I don't know how to say this in English. Um, you read it. Uh, like, I'm not trying to, like... Condescend. Yeah, I'm not trying to be condescending or, like, like I'm sorry, but, like, shit on these people. But I just feel like the content that they post, whether it's on YouTube, Instagram, whatever it may not be, is very American influenced. Well, it's... A lot of it is very American, and then a lot of it is very American influenced. I really yeah. appreciate the guys who are American influenced, and it's not just trying to recreate the American content and put it into the Israeli society or into mm-hmm. the Israeli kind of YouTube vlogs with all the clickbait and all of that stuff. Even TikTok got like super famous here, and I remember TikTok just becoming big in America, and how in America a lot of people really like hated on TikTok. And now in Israel, it's super big. Even in America, like obviously in America, it's very big now. But I remember the beginning when TikTok bought Musically, which was another app that was the same concept of like lip singing and dancing to songs on your phone. So TikTok bought Musically, and that caused like I don't know. We'll say in quotes chaos, I guess. And a lot of people really hated on TikTok. And then it became big, and before I knew it, Israeli people were also doing, like, big challenges and making really awesome videos on TikTok. And, like, okay, I can make a whole video on this, like, a whole episode, but TikTok, I feel like people hate on TikTok, and it's a bit unjustified because TikTok, it really separates into two very strong categories, which is either little kids lip-singing and, like, little girls with, like, their chest out on everything like trying to look older than they are and okay no I'm sorry it's three categories it's that it's like underage kids trying to be adults and like lip syncing and then it goes into like funny videos whether it's like cat videos or just really funny um, sketches and then the third category which I love the most is really cool like nature slash sports slash extreme slow-mo videos of people like jumping off cliffs and like jumping over waterfalls and all that kind of stuff so i feel like people hate on tiktok for no reason like of course every app has that like stupid aspect of it but i think tiktok is actually really cool so i digress but yeah so um so yeah there's a lot of like outside influence i guess 
I feel like you know you you went on this whole rant. I love TikTok. I'm so, <laughs> I'm, and I'm not afraid to say it. I love TikTok. Okay, it's amazing. <laughs> I love TikTok, and I'm proud. Okay, I'm not 12, and I love TikTok. I'm sorry. We love you, girl. Thanks. <laughs> so, we we just a bit abbreviated off the subject, but um, I do think that your reason for for appreciating the app is similar to the reason that the influence is so strong especially on Israel but especially on Tel Aviv so Tel Aviv in the same kind of sphere as you divide it into three different subjects is built up by people from the peripheral areas who make their way to Tel Aviv to kind of you know, find themselves, try and make themselves in a big city. And Tel Aviv is the biggest metropolitan in Israel. And the nightlife here is always around. The high-tech scene is booming here. You can find jobs here waiting for a decent salary. Just, Mm -hmm. you know. And the rent here is the most expensive, which is similar to... The rent is wild here. I don't get how you rent an apartment here. (laughs) It's insanely expensive. It's not like renting in New York City. But it's still the most expensive in Israel. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy because you think about, you know, people that make Aliyah to Tel Aviv, it's it's just insane how, you know, you're comparing what you made overseas and you're like, oh, okay, I can make it, I can live in Tel Aviv and everything's fine. And then it's like, yeah, no. You need to understand (laughs) you don't make the same amount of capital in Israel. Every country has its own scale. So, like... My brother, for example, he interned in Tel Aviv in the summer, uh, last summer. And he told me, like, I would totally stay here if I made better money. Because yeah. he, he lives in America with my parents. Um, and that's, like, a very common subject that I hear from a lot of people who either visit or make aliyah like me. And a lot of the reason, like, the, the big reason why people go back most of the time is because of the money. So, so that's the thing. Tel Aviv is a very expensive city, and it really is a cultural hub. And as with every other cultural hubs in the city, they are very, very expensive mm-hmm. cities. Yeah. London, New York, you know, you look at these cities, and you say to yourself, Sydney, it's really expensive to live in these cities. But it's because you can do everything, you can achieve whatever you want in the cities if you survive long enough. Yeah, <laughs> that's the key, if you survive. So another influence that uh, happens in Israel from overseas, and it will go with the American example for now, is country music. So, so I'm no South uh, or, or American from the South. Yeah, not South American. Um, Southern American. Southern American. I'm a South African. Yeah. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, country music is uh, usually sung, uh, you know, very patriotic songs. Uh, it's very, you know, the songs are about love to the country, love to the to the woman, to the wife. And tractors. No, I'm kidding. That's totally racist. I'm joking. Um, but yeah, no, there's like a, there's a very uh, strong parallel. Actually, it's funny because you brought that up and I didn't even realize. Because in Israel we have Mizrachit. Mizrachit is the Eastern music uh, in, 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 you know, in a vowel translation. Yeah. But the, the, the meaning of it is the, the Eastern music. And it's, it's 
Hebrew Arabic music, okay? It's, I guess it's the best uh, translation. It's Hebrew music that tries to be Arabic music. And I, my biggest problem with it, there's a lot of really cool songs and very nice songs and the words are okay. But the majority of the songs are very lacking in, in you know, in decent lyrics. Mm-hmm. And all they sing about is how they're having a good time and how uh, they miss their, their, their girlfriend or they broke up with their yeah. girlfriend. And it's all about me, 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 me. You know, yes, and it's yeah. really, really similar in a way to the country music. It's a lot That's of, true. you know, the individual very, you know, it's music for the background and for the what's a vira? The atmosphere. For the atmosphere. <laughs> or so, to unlock me the bach. Yeah, it's, it really is for the atmosphere. It's like you you kind of ignore the words because if you listen to the words, you get is a headache. Actually, I will admit that I like a lot of Mizrahi songs, also because I grew up on it, but because there are some songs that are really, really, like, I guess, deep. Have you ever listened to the words? Yeah, there are. I mean, a lot of, like, songs that I listened to when I was younger, like the old Mizrahi songs, are a lot better than The today. old Mizrahi is completely different. That's why I'm saying, you know, that's the influence that the country music and a lot of other music from around the world but especially the country it's just the closest kind of genre Parallel, yeah it's it's a very specific genre that's made for atmosphere and the words don't really matter no and, and <laughs> it's just you know kind of have a good time and don't mean anything Absolutely. It's and more like party music or digon. Exactly. Like, exactly. And and the words are something that everybody can somehow relate to, but they really lacking in it's general in content. Yeah. Like it's just you know, or or depressing or patriotic or about the, the girlfriend or boyfriend that broke up with you. And that's mm-hmm. like you summed it all up. Yeah. <laughs> um also I noticed like with the new generations at least, um the the growing parallel of like pop artists in Israel to no, artists such as uh, Billie Eilish or um, I guess even not Dua Lipa but I guess more Billie Irish Billie Irish Billie Eilish um, she could be Irish that like she could be Irish um, that like poppy techno-y also lacking in depth lyrics with like all the sound effects like I remember um this was like in the era of Vine, I guess, where um, there were all these like, I don't know how to even like, I don't think I would call it slang, but there were all these like <laughs> noises that people would make like yeet and ya and all that stuff. And I sound like a grandma saying this, but like Noah Kirill came out with her song Pouch uh-huh. last year. Okay, I've never heard it. You didn't miss out on much, but um... <laughs> She came out with that song last year, and like the chorus is like "yeah," and I'm like, okay, I've heard this in like vines. I've heard no, this completely. in the American pop music. Medium. So, so the the world pop music, it's very American, it's very Hollywoody, um, California kind of style music. Mm-hmm. Um, is is a major influence on the Israeli music scene, especially in the Merkaz area where everybody comes to. You know, everybody arrives in Tel Aviv. The biggest studios are around here, and. The you know while walking in the street you'll meet these pop artists mm-hmm. and they massive hits here in Israel etc etc like big etc etc because they are all in Tel Aviv yeah and the music is 
Really similar. Like the music you'll hear in clubs in Israel is probably the American pop music. Yeah. Or the Israeli pop music. And like Noah Kirin, like she doesn't do anything original with her music, but I haven't heard any other Israeli artists do what she does besides maybe Static and Benel, which are also like Static is super American influenced. He speaks first of all he speaks amazing English and he also just knows a lot of general information about pop music all over the world like he he's very um in I tune. guess he's very in tune but I guess like I would call it like fluent in knowledge of American pop in uh in K-pop which is like Korean music um he's very musically intelligent I guess I just like made up a saying but yeah like that's what I mean okay so he um gets a lot or if not most of his influence from people outside of Israel which is you know throughout the years I'd say throughout the 70s and 80s until the 70s and 80s the the society in Israel always tried to create something Israeli it was to be very yeah. individual to be disconnected out. from the world not to have the American pop not to have the the British music not to have the classic music from Europe you know a lot of the Jews that made Aliyah to Israel in the 50s and the 60s were great you know classic artists after the Holocaust and stuff like that but the Israeli society kind of provoked making Israeli music and not this European American or you know Eastern music and then What happened is people started going back to the Shorashim. Mm-hmm. To, to the roots. To the roots. And that's when the Mizrahit music came around. And the Mizrahit that we appreciate, the decent Mizrahit. But, and then it started again, influenced by being a Western country. And America is the biggest Western country in the world. And it influenced all other Western countries, even England. You know, mm-hmm. It influences Great Britain. And it influences... Germany and it influences everywhere like the hamburger that's everywhere around oh like, my god and the food in Tel Aviv the food in Tel Aviv the food in Tel Aviv amazing. is amazing we'll start with that okay yeah that if you want a decent wrong. meal go to Tel Aviv like anything you can think of okay I will say like I will put a kuchavit okay like in atarisk apostrophe yeah no asterisk. yeah asterisk. Um, so food in Tel Aviv is amazing besides Asian food in my opinion I think sushi I think good sushi in Israel is really hard to find but that's also because I have like this is gonna sound some kind of setting but I have like a high standard for sushi okay so I think Israel is lacking in the sushi game so do okay. something about that Israel but uh, <laughs> have you tasted sushi Chavya in Jerusalem no I'll take alright you guys heard it he sushi promised sushi Chavya in Jerusalem He made the promise on the podcast that it's, he will take me. Yes, yes. I will. I'm going to get back to the bag, get my health back, and we'll get to, yeah. to Jerusalem. Um, so, food so in food, Israel. Food in Tel Aviv. Amazing. Amazing. Firstly, let's not talk yet about the food. We're going to have a full podcast yeah. just about food. But the Israeli hummus is outstanding. We'll, we'll that we have to say. That, we'll start with that. But um, Then Tel Aviv. Of, yeah. Let's go to Tel Aviv. In terms of like outside influence on Israel hamburgers hamburgers are wild here like I think I liked hamburgers in Israel more than in America they the food here tastes really really good you have like even an America. array of tastes always like 
No matter what hamburger you'll go for, even if it's just a classic hamburger, it's gonna be really bomb. Okay, it's, it's gonna, gonna be really good. <laughs> really, really good. Which is which is nice, you know. And like we have a list of the best hamburger joints in Tel Aviv, and yeah. we'll throw them down right now. We like now. ranked them before we made the episode. This is ours. It's subjective, but yeah. I promise you that if you go to these, you enjoy it. Disclaimer: They not kosher. Yeah. If anyone doesn't like bacon or cheese on their hamburgers this is not for you um but we'll list the places that we really like in the description of our episode yeah um, we'll do that as well so you guys can try different places if you live here um yeah. but the great thing about hamburgers specifically in israel i mean in tel aviv is that you can find like crazy toppings like besides besides cheese and bacon but you can find like Pineapples on hamburgers here. You can find uh, ribat batal, which um, like onion jam, onion I guess. Jam, yeah, which is which is amazing. Like, you just assume that pineapple on a hamburger, which is amazing. I love it. Uh, a lot of people look at me weird when I say that. It's a nice contrast of sweet and savory. But you know, you'd assume everywhere in the world you could get a pineapple and throw it on a hamburger, exactly. and it just doesn't happen. No. Like, I find the biggest influence on the food especially in Tel Aviv, is the massive American portions, which are supposed to be massive. Portions here got really big. But portions in Israel are really, really, really big. But that's something that happened over the last couple of years, I noticed. It wasn't yeah. always like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It happened over the last, say, 10 years. Like, I remember when I was a kid, like, visiting from America, because I was used to such big portions of food, I'd come to Israel and be like, this is it. Even though I couldn't finish the whole meal, like, just when I would look at the plate, it would look empty because I was used to such big portions. But now Israel is, you know, stepping up their game and pretty much getting to that American size of dishes. And it's not, I mean, it's not that food became unhealthy. It's not... Things just got bigger. Just the fast food, like... It's just generally food, yeah. Like the salads are very, very big. Mm-hmm. The the meat meals are pretty big. The, and the meat is really good the here. The pizzas are really big. Mm-hmm. Um, generally in Tel Aviv. Uh, throughout the country it also happens, but we're specifically speaking about Tel Aviv now. So, yeah. okay. Ranking order. First place, Tel Aviv. Today, while recording this, Pozdom. Yeah, that we can agree on. We have, a, we have a few things that we don't agree on, but Pozdom okay. is number one hamburger place in Tel Aviv period without a doubt okay um second I'm gonna say Vitrina but you don't like them so I don't like them they've got really really nice chips their food the hamburgers are so good and I don't get why you don't like them but we're not gonna talk about that right now we're not okay. gonna get into we that we know I disagree <laughs> second place for me will be the fat cow okay I like fat cow but like I said before we recorded they're really small they they small but the hamburger is good quality wow well, if Without you eat meat uh, and milk together, uh, fat cow. Mm-hmm. Uh, third place. Port Chaisler. Port 19. Port 19. They have an amazing Boravos uh, sausage. Wow. South African people, try it out. Delicious. Makes you feel at home. I like their uh, their onions. Their hamburgers are pretty good. They've got hamburgers mm-hmm. with cheddar and with, uh, with a lot of stuff. A lot of nice toppings. Awesome. Um, Humongous? That's not in Tel Aviv. Oh, yeah, right. It's in Jerusalem? No. Right? Yeah, not Jerusalem? Um, they've got Fasaba. 
Uh, I thought there was humongous and Jerusalem this whole time. No. Okay, no, so I'm not like, I never ate there before, so I'm not like. It's really good. Yeah. It's worthwhile taking the job. It's massive, like, it's humongous. <laughs> Stagadish. <laughs> um, yeah, so so that's the, the top three uh, Tel Aviv. Um, All this time I thought humongous was in Tel Aviv. I never ate there before. We'll go there, we'll go there. Another thing that you're promising me right now, and everyone hears it, so he has to take me. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, th- so that's food. So besides the hamburgers, which are very, very wildly American influenced, and you know what? I-, I can even say that I think the hamburgers here outdo some of the American burger joints. Like they go, I definitely agree. To a, they go to a length of doing something really, really special, and that's I think something that is because of the influence on Tel Aviv, but. Pretty much everything in Tel Aviv has to have a special catch to it. Because it's so influenced, everybody tries to be special and make their own kind of niche. Mm-hmm. And then every hamburger place is really, really special. Like every hamburger place that I've eaten at, I can think of like a specific thing that I want from that place. That nobody else kind of has. Yeah, exactly. And then the same thing, you know, with bars and cocktail bars and but we're going to talk about clubs and we'll have in a, another episode a complete, it might be the next one but we can't promise you anything but we're going to have a complete episode just about the cocktail and alcohol scene in Tel Aviv and Israel in a big uh, in a broader spectrum we're going to have an expert talk with we, us yeah, to you guys about an expert. that um, be prepared for that I also noticed I think I noticed this place open up a few years ago, Broster Chicken, which is like the Israeli KFC, which is amazing because when I first made Aliyah, um, so growing up in the States, I had KFC just like around me and available and fried chicken was like a, a big part of American um, cuisine, kitchen, dining, etc. So when I came to Israel and I figured out that fried chicken is, wasn't really a thing here, it kind of bummed me out because first I had to deal with getting rehabilitation from Chipotle which I don't know if you'll understand because I don't think you've eaten at Chipotle no. but um, Chipotle is like a Mexican chain restaurant and in Israel in America mm-hmm. and I think in Canada and I know that they have Chipotle in, in uh, London mm-hmm. Chipotle is amazing so I was having a hard time getting used to not eating Chipotle whenever I wanted but I also really like fried chicken, so when I discovered that Broster Chicken opened, I was like, okay, I have to try it. And I pretty much expected it to be like a cheap knockoff of KFC, but it was really good. So, so Broster Chicken was like a big deal for me. <laughs> it sounds really dumb, but like, yeah, I mean, that's also it's another. Got, uh, it's your influence. Yeah, so it's another yeah, like it's American that thing. You were lacking. Yeah. Which just means that, you know, this influence thing is really real. Suddenly, different tastes that you were missing arrived, and it seems like the market Absolutely. is accepting it well. Absolutely. Um, so, that's something that I really liked here. And um, also another like- reason that people like move to Tel Aviv um, and is very, very influenced by the world is the technology yeah. world around Tel Aviv. You have, like, pretty much any high-tech company that you can think about is around Tel Aviv. The whole, like, Tel Aviv, Ramat Gan, Petah Tikva area is... Herzliya, yeah. And the whole Tel Aviv metropolitan is... Gush Dan. Completely. Completely filled with 
high tech, either like big high tech companies like HP or Intel, or even just startups that are popping out everywhere. Yeah, all the like, if you want to make it as a startup in Israel, you you will make it innovative, or you won't make it at all. Yeah, that's why a lot of small companies make their way to Tel Aviv, especially when they're in startup. Uh, like in the startup phase and once they grow out of it they stay around here because it's really good for networking it's really good for other companies that you work with um, a lot of the big high tech deals are all done around here you just have the most um, opportunities here you have the most um, people who are willing to invest in you you have the most diverse like group of people and biggest group of people that can possibly take interest in whatever you think of yeah um and that's why it's really important to like you said survive here yeah and another thing and the reason why it's really really like the high-tech scene is really influenced in Tel Aviv because a lot of the really big high-tech deals within the last few years were made in Tel Aviv so a lot of investors that come from overseas to invest in the high-tech scene in Israel the so-called Israeli Silicon Valley arrive in Tel Aviv and don't go you know far out so Tel Aviv is really 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 influenced by that and it brings with it all the you know the high tech um, I'd say culture you know the the big open offices the the, the, the high salaries the the fancy cars the and high tech has like really really good um like Nayafuda, yeah, which like is like work, um, uh, I guess it, it's work conditions but I mean like like okay my boyfriend works in high tech and he told me that he went to inf- interviews in companies that had like private chefs making them lunch so it's crazy which so is crazy which is another influence that came from overseas it's like this whole Google scene or Facebook where they have a you know a slide through the office that yeah. you can go and they've got a restroom so you can provoke the thoughts while you're resting of ideas for new inventions a restroom is like a nap room not a bathroom yeah a nap room not a bathroom yeah <laughs> uh, that was a good catch yeah <laughs> um, and then they have you know these these chefs and dining rooms and uh, open offices and it all came from overseas it's not something that originated in Israel and we spoke about it how we'll have another episode about this how what it's like to live in a country built up by immigrants because that's Israel Israel didn't as a country this version of Israel didn't exist until 1948 we were around a thousand years that we didn't have a country here the last version of the country was just before that um But this version, Jews came back from all around the world and they were all immigrants. Although Israel is our home and it's our homeland and we have cultural roots and we have the language and everything here feels like home. We didn't all originate from here. We we did, but we all brought our uh, uh, luggage, so-called, from the places that we were living in. That's what I meant, like we didn't start. For the last like 10 generations or so. Mm -hmm. So... Although we all spoke Hebrew and we knew the general, you know, religion and the food and etc. etc. We all made Aliyah back to Israel um, and brought a lot of different influences to Israel. And you can see it by the different places that you can live in Israel. Um, 
but I've found that the most cultural affected and most influenced city in Israel is Tel Aviv. It really is like a melting pot, I guess, if you know yeah. that phrase. Yeah. Because um, I know it's like a big phrase in the States. I don't know if a lot of people use that term, but um, Tel Aviv really is like a melting pot yeah. at the end of the day. You, as we said before, you can speak English in the street and people understand you. You can... You'll hear like five different languages just walking down one street. Like I remember when my mom was visiting and um, I took her to the Vitrina, by the way, and she loved it. So... It's not my fault. Your mom has a really bad taste. Excuse me. Excuse you. Um, it is you, sir, sir, with the bad taste, <laughs> but we're not going to get into that. What I'm trying to say is that um, I was sitting with my mom in Tel Aviv, and I just heard like people speaking French, people speaking Spanish, people speaking like Filipino, people speaking Tagalog, and yeah. um, people speaking English, and you just kind of feel like you're not... In Israel, you hear a mishmash of languages. Yeah, that's that's something that happens in Tel Aviv, and it's it's really beautiful. I think that's amazing because it gives you, you know, you've got the whole Israeli film of making things better, and that's like the biggest, I'd say, ideal of Israel, and you can see it everywhere. And it really, really comes to be in Tel Aviv, where all the culture um, uh, is influenced by other places. So that that was our episode. It was it was a very special episode. It was it wasn't as broad as our usual ones. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us what you thought. Tell us if you like this format. If you want us to do more very specific episodes uh, or not. And if you guys have any questions, comments, ideas, anything that you want to hear about specifically, um, we'd love any feedback, comments on our episodes or. You can send us an email at hafhpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and we'd love to just get any feedback that you guys have to give. We will be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, I Facebook, iHeartRadio, Radio, Stitcher, um, YouTube. I don't know. There's a few more. Every platform that exists, we're probably going to be there. Pretty much. Hope you enjoyed. <laughs>